Welcome in to Coat Check, the official podcast of the Delaware Blue Coats, the NBA G League affiliate of the Philadelphia 76ers, part of the 76ers Podcast Network, which you can follow anywhere you listen by searching 76ers Podcast. And Coat Check is presented by Christiana Care. I'm Matt Murphy. On this episode, I'm pleased to be joined by some familiar faces from this Blue Coat season and Blue Coat seasons of the past as well. Blue Coats analyst D. Lynham and former Blue Coats assistant coach, current University of Maryland Eastern Shore head coach, Jason Crafton. We're going to do a Blue Coats season in review podcast style, so it should be a lot of fun. Thank you both for being here. Coach, I've got the t-shirt on, so I don't need to worry about loosening the collar like we did during the season to play loose. I, we're just going to keep it loose all around today. You already got the top collar, uh, the top button unbuttoned, so we're good to go. Hey, man, you know, I, we got D on the golf course right now. She's got the matching hat. She's got the top. I don't know if her golf game's any good, but she looks the part. You know, Murph's got his haircut figured out. He's looking smooth. You know, I, I got my button up today. I, I should have went a little bit more casual to fit in with you guys, but I had some meetings this morning. So sorry if I'm a little too, a little too tight and stiff for you. <laughs> Murph, somebody has to work to do the real work for the three of us, right? <laughs> It's all good. I, I got to get out on the golf course with you sometime, D, and we're going to come back to golf at the very end of this conversation. We'll weave in a little Masters talk, maybe, at the very end. Uh, you both covered every Bluecoats game in the 2021 G League bubble from our virtual DETV studio. Shout out to DETV. They did a great job this season in what was a really condensed schedule with games all the time. So it was an incredible year for the Bluecoats as Many people know not only making the playoffs for the first time, but making it all the way to the G League finals as well. And where else would we start other than the league MVP and rookie of the year? Not just the rookie of the year, but taking home league MVP honors in his rookie season. Paul Reed, B-Ball Paul. Uh, I want to hear from both of you. We'll start with D. What stood out to you most about B-Ball Paul's game this season? Uh, I think for me, Murph, was just how consistent he was. I mean, you can go to that he averaged the double-double, you know, 22-plus and 12 rebounds a game, um, but that you could count on that. And I think the other thing that stood out is I didn't think he was as good a three-point shooter as he turned out to be. You know, we think of him as doing all his damage around the rim, and he did shoot 58-plus percent in, from the field, but to shoot 44 from three was pretty impressive. And I think it says a lot for where you can develop his game to get to the NBA level and be a contributor at that level as well. And coach, I'll go to you about B-Ball, Paul. That's the beauty of the G League. You can have a guy put up a ton of shots and the three-point numbers were, I, I agree, better than expected. He had a phenomenal season statistically, but everything kind of revolved around him this season for the Coats. No question. I think that um, you guys are right on with it. The most impressive thing to me was he didn't take a lot of threes in college. So even though he had a pretty good percentage, he was taking one, maybe two a game, you know, to up that to almost, you know, four per game, which is what he did in the 3.6 to be exact and to shoot 44%. You know, he, he was very aware, his whole team around him and the Sixers, you know, probably coached him up on if you're going to be able to play at the next level, you're going to have to prove that you can stretch the defense out and make the shot. The most striking thing to me, though, outside of the consistency of him rebounding the basketball and the physicality that he consistently played with, was his ability to develop putting the ball on the floor. Um, he showed that and to be able to take the ball to the left all the way to the rim, take it with his strong hand, natural right hand, and, and get to the rim. But his ability to use both hands and be able to make plays off the bounce as teams started to run him off the three-point line, 
was something that really stood out to me. And I think that's helping him at the next level right now, being able to put the ball on the floor, because those were things that we were unsure if he was going to be able to do, especially versus the elite level players. Last thing on B-Ball, Paul, from me is that seeing some of the practices, uh, most of the practices up close and personal there in Florida, just his work ethic. And you love to see that from a rookie. He was the guy that was wanting, always wanting to put in extra work and pulling up YouTube videos of ball handling drills after practice and putting it on a chair when other guys are untying their shoes. And he's in the middle of the court, not, not even with a coach, the middle of the court sometimes, not even with a coach, just putting himself through some extra drills. And that was really impressive to see his work ethic from this from start to finish down there. And he it culminated with a handful of awards for him. And because we're on the Sixers podcast network, we've got to touch on a couple other individual players before we look at this blue coat season from a team perspective. I'll go back to D to talk about Isaiah Joe, who was a late addition to the blue coats roster. He was assigned before the last couple regular season games in the G league bubble with the coats. I was impressed personally with, the team really welcoming him in and figuring it out on the fly quickly heading into the playoffs. You've been around not only the Sixers, but also the Bluecoats for a number of their recent seasons. That's not always the case where it's such an easy transition. What did you think about the 76ers Isaiah Joe joining the team and then how it played out from there? Well, so I would give credit to both sides there. I think Connor and his staff um, incorporating him with only two regular season games to play you're going to be in a postseason for the first time in your franchise history. And this guy has an NBA skill of being able to shoot. And then I'll give Isaiah Joe credit because, you know, he wants to be an NBA guy. He's coming down there on assignment going into a bubble, but he embraced being a part of that run with those guys. So uh, I think we were all a little nervous in the first two games because he didn't shoot the ball well in those regular season games. I think he ended up shooting 25%. But by the time he got to the postseason, he was the real Isaiah Joe we know. And I think he was averaging five made threes, taking under 13. So he shot 40 plus from, from three and averaged 23 points for them. So I thought he was great. Um, I think I give credit to the organization for being able to select guys. We were seeing what Shake can do at the NBA level you know, that have been these two-way guys that have done very, very well with the Blue Coats, but then have been able to come and contribute and become NBA players. And I think that's a credit to the people they draft and the organization and their development team. You're absolutely right in terms of when I say easy transition, it was just the chemistry felt like it was natural. And he did struggle shooting coming out of the quarantine period, but he certainly picked it up and he was a huge part of their final couple games. And Coach Crafton, uh, let's talk about Rajon Tucker really quickly another Sixers two-way player. Now, Paul Reed has since been converted to a standard deal, but Rajon Tucker is still on the Sixers bench right now on a two-way contract. What should Sixers fans who maybe they joined up for the playoff run and saw a couple games, but for those who didn't watch the whole G League season, including the 15 regular season games, what should they know about Rajon Tucker's game and how he fits into the NBA style of play? Well, you're talking about a guy that gives you a little bit of everything, um, and he does it with ferocity and power and just an incredible work rate, you know? So he's going to bring that toughness every single night. He's going to sit down. He's going to guard. Um, that's the first thing. He's going to be in a stance. He's going to be physical, and he's going to compete defensively. Then he's going to rebound the basketball. He's going to be very aggressive on offensive glass. He's going to be very aggressive on the defensive glass. And the other thing that, that stood out to me is that not only can he score the basketball um, at all three levels, he, he's also developed the ability to kind of draw to and kick and make good decisions. 
The only thing that's holding him back right now is that he had he averaged four assists and three turnovers. Some is he's so powerful, he's so fast, he's so strong, and sometimes he puts himself in some tough spots. And he's just learning to, to, to control that body and to be able to make good decisions and key points in traffic. And then being able to consistently shoot the three ball. You know, he raised his three-point percentage throughout the, three, the, the, the G League uh, season, finished around 31% for the season. And as he continues to do those things, he's going to be a force to be reckoned with. I definitely see Rajon Tucker being a guy that should be, you know, uh, playing in the NBA at some time very soon. He's already there, but I mean, consistently, you know, moving forward. A little bit more on the way, but first, Christiana Care. As doctors, nurses, and caregivers, and as neighbors and friends, Christiana Care is a partner in everyone's journey to greater health and well-being. Why do they do it? For the love of health. Visit ChristianaCare.org. Now, more broadly, from a team perspective for you both, there were some other individuals who definitely stood out. We hit on all the Sixers connections right at the top. As we record this the week of April 5th, Justin Robinson, the team's point guard, actually just signed a 10-day with the Oklahoma City Thunder, a 10-day contract. So congratulations to him. But it was a, a roster that was very unique in a lot of ways, constructed by general manager Matt Lilly. Connor Johnson, with his staff of Alex Terez and Xavier Silas, did a great job kind of getting them to mesh in not a whole lot of time heading into the season. But let's go back to D. In such a historic season, and you've seen so many rosters in Delaware over the years, what are some things that will stick with you about this year's group as a whole, maybe outside of just it, the season taking place in a bubble. But what are some things you'll remember about this group? Well, I would say by far, Matt, that it was the best defensive Blue Coats team I've seen over the years. Um, they really put a lot of effort into who they wanted to be defensively. And I think at the other end, they shared the ball well. I think they finished fifth in the G League in assists. So, and I know Coach and I, a couple of times, we really liked when they would go with that two-guard uh, starting lineup when you had uh, Justin Robinson and Bones in there. So uh, I think that the defense for sure, how they shared the ball and, and and just making really good use of the talent that they had on that roster. It seems to me kind of similar to the way the Sixers are built. They build it with the intent of of utilizing the talent on the roster to play a specific way. To your point about defense, First in the league in steals, first in opponent turnover percentage. Those are just two of the stats where they ranked highly in the league, but certainly uh, very good on that end of the floor. Jay, for you, what were some of the things that you saw that you think allowed them to mesh so well this year? No, oh, I think D hit on a lot of the key points there. For me, the team chemistry uh, comes from some of the consistency in the roster with having Jared Brown was there back for a third or maybe even a fourth season. Um, having Connor Johnson there for three years, having the same general manager and Matt Lilly. Um, so a lot of consistency in terms of, you know, just the culture you're trying to implement. And the, the, the most impressive, I thought they were the most, they had the best culture in, in the G League in that bubble situation. And a lot of it had, had to do with the types of people they had. So tremendous job of putting together a roster of guys that fit what they were trying to do. I like the adjustments that Connor made during the season as well. D highlighted a little bit about the two guard thing and playing two point guards and Jordan Bone and Justin Robinson together. And I think they've added some flavor to their offense when this team came out as a team that was really scoring off their defense but struggling offensively. I think when they found made that adjustment, they found some key things that could help, you know, jumpstart their offense, get them some more open shots, and create some opportunities. The last thing that I thought was huge was they just had so many guys from a talent standpoint that did multiple things and bought into doing multiple things. 
we're talking about Rajon Tucker. I'm long-winded because I got to talk about his ability to rebound. I got to talk about his ability to set guys up. I got to talk about his scoring ability and how hard he defends. With Paul Reed, we're talking about the double-double man. We're talking about all the things he does and getting deflections, the activity, you know, stretching the defense out, proving he can shoot threes, you know, and, and all of those dynamics. So th- those are the things that stood out to me. I could go on forever with it. I wish we would have got the championship. Those T-shirts look really nice, too. But um, they came close. Still an exciting season. Yeah, it was my, I think, my first experience with the confetti falling when it's not your team celebrating. (laughs) Wasn't great. It was a lot of confetti, too. Um, But it's always fun to see a G League season come together and see a roster come together during a G League season, which NBA players you're going to get. And I can't wait for the fans again to experience that in Wilmington when we get back to the, the Chase Fieldhouse, which is always a great place to see a game. Quickly, before we do, one question for each of you in our At The Buzzer random ending segment. I, I think we, anyone who watched us this year pregame or, or halftime knows we talked a lot about the team slogans. So I got to go around the horn and I'll identify the slogans and you tell me which one you guys liked the best. You had Touch the Paint, which is very basketball based with style of play. Play Through Everything or Park Days. Which one did you guys like better? Play Through Everything kind of whatever the refs call, just keep going. And in park days, playing loose and, and thinking about yourself when you were learning the game and not putting too much pressure on yourself. So starting with Jason, wh- which slogan did you like the best? Oh, man, you know, I think they all came at key times and they mm-hmm. covered. That's what I thought kind of did a good job of kind of getting them mentally focused on where they were at that time. So like the touch the paint was when they were really trying to make sure they weren't just coming out jacking threes up so they were drawing two and help and kicking out, you know, play through everything was when we saw them kind of being a little bit wild and crazy, getting technical fouls and losing their minds. And then the park days when they were a little too tight and they wanted to be loose. But I will probably have to go with the play through everything because I think that was keeping them to kind of push through um, some of those technical fouls and some of those emotional hurdles that they were experiencing that was pulling them back a little bit dirty. Murph, I'll say that was uh, Jay speaking true coach speak there. What coach wouldn't say play through everything is their favorite. (laughs) True. Are you going to agree with him? Well, I, I'm going to go with uh, Touch the Paint only because in a day where branding and marketing is so key for organizations, the fact that they could tie it into, you know, trust the process. So you have the TTP, but it's not the <laughs> same TTP. So I'll go with Touch the Paint. That's a great answer. I love that connection there. At the buzzer coming up, but first a quick message from our friends at Nemours. Nemours Sports Medicine believes that highly personalized one-on-one physical therapy for young athletes is paramount to a speedy and complete recovery. Learn more at Nemours.org slash PT. At the buzzer is usually a handful of questions. We're just going to do one each on the way out. I've got to show you some love, Coach Crafton, on um, the NCAA tournament, your coverage of the college game. Being a college coach, I saw the, the graphics that you had coming out where you would preview certain games and we're Recording this the, the day after the national championship game with Baylor taking out undefeated Gonzaga. So I got to give you a shout out because you were all over Baylor winning that game. You said they would be fresher. You were doing some work for College Insider. So what what did you make of this year's tournament? It was nice to finally be able to see and hear one shining moment again after the national championship game. Oh, no question. I thought Dan Gavitt did an amazing job of being able to create a bubble environment that was safe for everybody to compete. And uh, what an exciting NCAA tournament, you know, and I think the nation got to see the two teams that everybody wanted to see. 
And uh, but my, you're right, Matt. Before the game, my, my thing on College Insider was I felt like Gonzaga had played in a national championship game versus UCLA. You know, so my concern for them to complete the task of winning it all and going undefeated was they played the later game, they went to overtime, and the emotional and physical drainage that comes from playing against a physical team like UCLA and winning at the buzzer, jumping on the – like like the only time you see that happen is when Kobe Bryant or Michael Jordan or Dwayne Wade or, or LeBron James, it's over. That's the final game, and you're now it's time to pop the bottles, not for the college kids, but it's time to get the confetti and the and the T-shirts and, and, and win the thing. So I definitely knew they were going to have uh, a tough time, but great game last night, great tournament. Uh, a lot of small level teams like Al Abilene Christian coming out there and 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 knocking off Texas early. Uh, Old Roberts making a name for themselves in the NCAA tournament. Um, you know, love what Houston Kelvin Sampson did at Houston and bringing them to be a number two seed, one of the best defensive teams in the country, and getting them to the final four. I think you saw just an incredible comeback for college basketball, and uh, it's looking as we get through this pandemic and move forward, it's going to only get better. LD, if coach. His non-blue coats question was about college basketball. We're gonna do yours about golf and wrap up with golf. He said you're you're playing a lot. You you always play a lot. Is it strictly playing the game, or do you also watch it? Because we've got the Masters coming up. If so, if you watch, who are you picking in this year's Masters? Who are some of the golfers you follow? Is it Jordan so, Spieth or some of the other guys? Right. So obviously, Spieth had a great weekend in Texas, uh, and the last time he won the Masters. He actually had a very good week prior in that same tournament. So Spieth will be on my radar. Uh, Victor Hovland has been somebody that I've been watching and looking for. And I always think it's nice to have a name that has done really well, um, but maybe other people don't follow him as much. But honestly, Matt, I'll have to tell you this week because the women's amateur was played at Augusta National this past weekend, and I watched every day of it just to watch how they attack the course because it's such a unique experience and they only got to have one practice round there. So they're one practice round and then you're trying to get a championship. Um, wow. So I do follow it in that way. I definitely love watching it, um, but I will look forward to playing my afternoon round today after playing this morning. So awesome. uh, I, I am on vacation. I don't do this every day, but <laughs> so uh, yes, it's a great uh, hobby inside thing for me to do. That's awesome. I, I like the Hovland uh, underdog pick and hit him straight today. That That's a good pick. It was an awesome blue coat season. Thanks for helping me break it down a little bit more. Uh, you guys did a great work this year and it was fun. It was a fun ride. It was a fun ride. Uh, shout out to you and coach because I really, really enjoyed every, every game. Didn't even back to backs. I love that we could get together almost every night for that stretch. It's a fun crew, man, with the legend D-line. I'm getting a chance to learn all the ropes from her. And, and, and then with the young up and coming, the, the next big thing in radio announcing and sports broadcasting and the play-by-play master himself, Matt Murphy, I was just, I was humbled and, and enjoyed being a part of this dynamic crew. And, you know, hopefully we can team up again at some point. Absolutely. I hope so too. That's going to do it. Thanks again to D Lynham and Jason Crafton. I'm Matt Murphy. Until next time, take it or leave it at the Coat Check.